Amen. Please be, uh, remain standing and pray with me. Almighty God, we come this morning celebrating the miracle and the mystery of the incarnation. We will never through all eternity, Lord, be able to wrap our minds around the thought that God came among us as a child. And not only did you put on human flesh, you, re- you have kept the glorified body that you received in your resurrection. And you stand as man at the Father's right hand even to this day. We can't, we just can't. Can't begin to comprehend it. But at least, Lord, this morning, help us celebrate it. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Now, I want to put any parents here whose uh, uh, hearts are, are troubled this morning uh, at ease on a couple of points. First of all, uh, do not worry if your little ones make noises in the service day. We don't have nursery today. We, have, we want the kids to be out here because remember we're celebrating the birth of a baby, right? So uh, if you can't handle that, you, this holiday may not be for you. <laughs> And, and then the second thing I want to do and, and put your minds at ease about, it's just like I said last night, and for, for parents out here and for everyone else for that matter, uh, people don't come to Christmas services to hear a sermon. They come to sing Christmas carols and have communion and to celebrate. And that's a good, good thing. So, so you're off the hook again today. Very brief homily. As brief as Ben Sharp can do a homily. <laughs> Let's call it a homily and hope for the best. (laughs) You know, this really, this miracle of God putting on a body and coming among us is a wonderful, wonderful thing that we celebrate. In fact, it's one of the strangest things about Christianity. The pagans in the early, in the early world, the, uh, the ancient world, the, the world that Christianity was born into, those ancient pagans really didn't have a problem like modern people do with the virgin birth. Modern people are all up in arms about the virgin birth. Oh, we can't believe in the virgin birth. Folks, we already believe that, that a, de- a dead guy came alive and he's coming back on a white horse with a sword coming out of his mouth. The virgin birth is nothing. To, I mean, that's just, that's the easy stuff. But, uh, but, the, but the pagans weren't so concerned about the virgin birth. Here's what, what really messed with their heads and what really offended them about Christianity. It was the incarnation itself that God would put a body on was just gross to them. It's kind of like if you went door to door telling people, uh, inviting folks to uh, join your religion, and by the way, one of the key doctrines is you have to eat bugs. You know, so it would be on that level of grossness. And so there, the, the pagans saw the, the incarnation as being bad for two main reasons. David Mills, former editor for First Things and also for Touchstone Magazine, he says this, first of all, the pagans, they couldn't believe that God would be born of a woman. The ancient pagans, the males that is, did not think much of women. They felt women's bodies and especially the reproductive parts were disgusting. The idea that God, God, would be kept for nine months in a woman's womb and then pass through the birth canal, that idea horrified them. And the second thing that they couldn't understand is that God would, they couldn't believe that God would become a human being at all. The ancient pagans 
thought the spirit, that the spiritual was much better than the material. God was spiritual. He wouldn't take on a human body because bodies trapped us in this world. It would be like locking yourself all crunched up in a small box and throwing away the key. God just wouldn't do that. No way. And that's exactly what our God did, though. He did throw away the key. He has committed himself for all eternity to be God the Son embodied as a human being, which is just amazing and astonishing. A third century pagan philosopher named Porphyry of Tyre, Porphyry of Tyre, Oh, yeah, I know that guy. (laughs) We read him all the time. Uh, Porphyry of Tyre, he wrote a book called Against the Christians. And one of the main things he had against the Christians was this belief in the incarnation. Someone might be silly enough to believe that the gods actually live in the statues, he said. But still, listen to what he said about Christians. His idea would be a much purer one than that of the man who believes that the divine entered into the womb of the Virgin Mary and became her unborn child before being born and swaddled in due course. For it is a place full of blood and gall and things more unseemly still. The pagans just couldn't wrap their mind around it. But here's the deal, brothers and sisters. As believers all around the world today, we glory in the resurrection. We, uh, we with like St. Augustine, who really made a big point, of, uh, the incarnation made a big point about this, writing around 400 AD, St. Augustine exalts, and he, I just say he wallows around in the mystery of the incarnation. And so this morning, this is how we're going to end this sermon. So listen very carefully, because what St. Augustine does is he unfolds the mystery of the incarnation by putting together statements that are both true but seem to be at odds with each other they're like little paradoxes and these are here's what saint augustine wants us to do i'm sorry i'm having trouble i didn't staple my headphone on as i usually do (laughs) and this usually helps out a lot but uh not today so um but anyway saint augustine does this he wants us to have a, a, a fifth century experience of having our minds blown. He wants, he wants us to listen to these things, these truths that are rooted in the witness of scriptures, and he wants this to happen. You know that, right? You see that now. Right? So it's kind of in, that's in the common parlance. Mind blow, like that. And so listen to this, savor this, and, and by all means, and if you are a concrete thinker, you're going to have a hard time with this. <laughs> Listen to what St. Augustine says. Jesus, he, he is the one through whom all things have been made, and on Christmas, who has been made in the midst of all things. He is the revealer of his father and the creator of his mother. The Son of God through his father without a mother, and the Son of Man through his mother without a father. (laughs) He is great in the eternal day of the angels, but small in the time-constrained day of men. He is the Word of God before all time, and the Word made flesh in the fullness of time. Maker of the sun, he is made under the sun. 
disposer of all ages in the bosom of his father. He consecrates Christmas Day in the womb of his mother. In him he remains, in the father he remains, while from his mother he goes forth. Creator of the heavens and the earth, he is born on earth under the heavens. Unspeakably wise, listen to baby Jesus, unspeakably wise, he is wisely speechless. <laughs> Filling the universe, he lies in a manger, ruler of the stars. He nurses at his mother's breast. He is both great in the nature of God and small in the form of a servant. But his greatness is not diminished by his smallness, nor his smallness overwhelmed by his greatness. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Great is the mystery of the incarnation that we celebrate today. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. At this time, I invite you to stand with me as we continue to confess the mystery of the Christian faith as we profess the Nicene Creed.